You're listening to the podcast version of the Recruit of Talionis audiobook. I'm your narrator, writer, and host, award-winning author C.J. Malasi. Each week, we'll bring you further into the mysterious and dangerous dystopian world of Talionis and Bria's fight for survival. And we're kicking off this podcast a few days before the audiobook officially releases so that you can get a taste of the story. This podcast will drop a new episode every day for the first week until the full audiobook releases on October 6, 2023. After that, you can tune in each Friday to hear the next chapter in this story. Now, let's dive in. Prologue. Talionis was ready. Finally. A thriving city built in a desolate land, forgotten by the rest of the world. Perfection, concealed from the eyes of the nations and the eyes of Demetrius Ark's father. The best part was, the old man thought Talionis was his idea. Demetrius surveyed his creation from his office at the highest point in the city. His most trusted advisors waited behind him, their eagerness pulsing through the room. He turned to face them. It's time. Some of them smiled. Others kept their faces a mask. But Demetrius knew they were all ready for this moment. It was the one they'd been preparing for for years. The next piece in the plan that would lead to his father's destruction. And to Demetrius claiming all he was destined for. We'll prepare the squadrons, Commander. Lieutenant Colonel Keenan Valerius said. What day should we set the extractions for? Demetrius walked to his desk and slid out his chair. Screens came to life around him. Images and videos showing the city he'd spent 15 years building. Tell the watchers to set everything in order for September 25th. He allowed himself a small smile. You're dismissed. They saluted and marched from the room. Demetrius leaned back in his chair and released a satisfied sigh. The North American region wouldn't know what hit it. And now that everything was in place, no one would be able to stop him. Chapter 1 Three Weeks Later September 25th has tormented me every moment for six years. Darkness clings to the morning, unwilling to relinquish its hold and allow light to enter the world. But that's fitting for today, the anniversary of my brother's death. My gaze probes the murky depths of the bay as waves lap at the shore, spitting up pieces of plastic and cloth and whatever else the ocean has churned up today. Wind blows sand over the rusty frame of a pre-demised car several feet to my right creating a haunting tune. Chills inch up my spine. I hate this place, and yet can't seem to keep myself away. Priya, Priya, Priya. The waves whisper my name with every splash on the shore, mocking me and beckoning me at the same time. My nemesis, the monster I must face, must defeat because of what it took from me. My throat thickens, the memories stirring. I take a step forward, then stop again. Light edges its way over the horizon, brightening the surrounding landscape. I know it by heart. 
every bit of forest and rock around the tiny beach, the cliffs to the east stretching into the water, the old car wedged between boulders half buried in the sand. My stomach roils like the waves. It's the same as it was during my last moments with Esri. His laughter echoes in my mind, his exuberance and life, his trust in me. Then it's drowned out by the memory of his scream, his cold body. The sand at my feet becomes like needles. I take a step toward the water. A flutter of anticipation ripples through my stomach, and an eagerness, a need to dive into the waves collides with the anxiety I feel each time I face the bay. My hands twist the damp towel I brought with me. Bria! 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 The waves shout my name now. I take a shuddering breath. Then I throw my towel to the ground and charge into the water. It grabs at my ankles and then strikes my thighs and splashes up my body as I press forward. The bay consumes me to my chest. I dive under. The chill of the water engulfs me in its smothering embrace. It's time. I surface and my eyes find the cliff wall, pick out a small crevice as my goal, and then I swim. The current pushes against me as I cut through the water, and memories scream through my mind, refusing to drown. I kick harder. Swim faster, Bria. My arms reach and grab and pull me forward, my legs moving at a rapid pace. I can do it. I can outswim the memories. I can be strong enough today. But do I want to be? My movements slow, weighed down with the question. The cliff wall comes closer and I push the final distance to my goal. I wasn't fast enough. I failed. Again. Same as six years ago. Same as every time since then. I scream at the waves, some of the salt water sloshing into my mouth. I spew it out and find a point across the bay. An old buoy. Faster this time. I plant my feet on the smooth stone of the cliff and push off toward the buoy, knifing through the water. My muscles burn. The memories attack again, like a monster in the waves. I have to swim harder, faster. I have to be better. I can't fail again. But I do. It takes me too long to reach the buoy. I hit its rubbery surface and grind my teeth together. Again! I pick a point on the cliff and dive under. I swim lap after lap. The memories start to fade, but I pull them back. I need them. If I can't have Esri, I must cling to his memory when I'm here, no matter how painful. Later. It'll fade later. I lose track of how often I fail, how many times I don't reach my target in time. No matter how fast I am, it's never enough. Taking a deep breath, I plunge beneath the surface and dive to the bottom. It doesn't take long before my fingers sink into the sandy floor. The gentle ebb and flow of the current mocks me, like the monster cradling me just to whisper in my ear, His death wasn't my fault, but yours. The need for air burns my lungs. Pushing off the ground, I shoot to the surface, bursting through in a spray of water. A sob lodges in my throat, but I swallow it and turn to stare up into the clear blue sky. I want to do another lap, but my body is done for now. Rhea! The water distorts my name, just like it does everything else. I turn to the shore. The familiar form standing on the beach beckons impatiently. 
I groan. The wind picks up her red hair, billowing it out like a warning. What is Shay doing here? I debate diving under the water and pretending I didn't see her, but that will only delay the inevitable, so I swim until I'm in shallow water and slosh the rest of the way to the beach. My hair clings to my face like leeches, and streams of water run from the rolled-up legs of my pants. Shay's nose turns up so high she could get a nosebleed from the altitude. That would be nice. I tuck my necklace into my shirt, the sea glass pendant resting near my heart. Out for a morning stroll? I scoop up the towel I dropped. Shay sniffs derisively. Your aunt told me to come find you. And I'm sure she didn't get to witness your crappy attitude. So nice of you to bend to her every whim, I say. Why is she looking for me? Sand stuck to the towel rubs against my skin, as grating as Shay. You're really that stupid? Today is the festival. Her eyes squint and her lips curl like she's ready to spew something out of her mouth. Probably more insults. My hands bunch around the fabric of the towel, but I force myself to stay calm. Well, thank you, Shay. What would I do without you? I scrub the towel around the dripping ends of my hair. Hurry up. Get off my back. It's still early. Bria, it's after nine. What? How long did I swim for? A glint of triumph sparks in her eyes. Aw, lost track of time again. Shut up. I tug on my shoes, then march toward the forest, ineffectively rubbing the towel against my sopping clothes. Shay saunters after me, but I ignore her and half-run, half-stagger as I desperately try to sponge my clothes dry before I get home. Aunt Elena will be furious, but I'm more upset at the idea of my mom being disappointed. Maybe I can distract them by mentioning how Aunt Elena left her lantern lit all night. The Laysan River murmurs as though in pessimistic disagreement. I know it's right. My aunt loves nothing more than an opportunity to lecture me especially when it comes to my regular swims in the bay. We skirt around the pile of twisted metal and debris that was cleared to make derby, and it glints in the morning light. Out of habit, I tap the dilapidated green sign that reads, Portland, Maine, as I pass it. Every pre-demise city was destroyed, but my parents have taught me to respect the history of the region, even though I don't understand why it matters. Scattered trees force their way through the mess, and I almost envy them. Usually, I don't want to think about the demise at all, but at the moment, I'd rather sort through the rubble of destroyed cities than face my aunt and the lecture I'm sure is coming. Hopefully, my mom reigns her in before my aunt and I end up in a shouting match. Again. Smoke rises from the chimneys of the houses clustered on the eastern rim of Derby, and the smell of cooking meat fills the air. The festival is this afternoon, and everyone is going. It's expected, even though it's not required. But it's the last thing I want to do. Maybe if I can get out of this lecture without losing control of my anger, I'll convince my mom and dad to let me stay home. They'd understand my need for quiet. My aunt, on the other hand, won't like the idea one bit. Still worth a shot. As I approach my house with Shay trailing behind me, the door bursts open and my aunt comes sailing out. Perfect. She was watching for me. No chance I'll be able to sneak inside to change my clothes before seeing her. Shay rushes to my side. I found Bria for you, Miss Elena. 
her tone is sweet enough to set my teeth on edge. I hope you don't mind if I run home. My mother probably needs my help getting things ready. I glare at Shay, but she doesn't so much as spare me a glance. My mom comes out as my aunt responds. Thank you, Shay. Aunt Elena smiles at her and waits for her to leave before turning on me. Bria, where have you been? Your mother and I have been preparing food since seven this morning. Elena. My mom's voice has a cautionary tone to it, but my aunt ignores her. The two are over ten years apart in age, and, though they have some physical similarities, I still find it difficult to believe my mom is the younger sister. Aunt Elena's sharp gaze examines my still-dripping clothes. Why are you so wet? She pinches the bridge of her nose. Please don't tell me you were swimming. The words force themselves past her gritted teeth. Would you believe there was a downpour this morning? The sarcasm wafts out of me, and I can't find any way to stop it. I lock eyes with her. She purses her lips, foot tapping, waiting for another answer, more details, a reason to lash out at me. I stare off into the forest. I needed to get some exercise. You traipse through the forest alone with no protection, and then you dive into the water while it's still dark out. Don't you know what's out there? Her sharp words slap at me like a wet rag. My shoulders tense. Six years ago, Esri died in the ocean. Why would you... Stop! My head whips back toward her and I clench my hands. You've been living with us for years. Why does this shock you? I spread my arms out. Have any of your lectures convinced me you're right before? Just leave it alone. My voice rises in volume and my face burns. If she had physically smacked me, it would have hurt less than hearing her say my brother's name. Aunt Elena's lips purse even more, making her look like she drank sour milk. My mom steps forward and rests her hand on my aunt's arm. Let it go, Elle. Aunt Elena opens her mouth to say more, but my mom's stern expression stops her. There's no way we can keep Bria out of the water. But... Mom cuts her off with a shake of her head. She turns to me, eyes gentle yet rebuking. And Bria, whether or not you agree with your aunt, I expect a more respectful attitude. Sorry, Mom. She quirks an eyebrow at me. I sigh. <sighs> Sorry, Aunt Elena. Aunt Elena tilts her head in acknowledgement of the apology, but doesn't utter a word of one to me. No surprise there. Good, Mom says. Aunt Elena turns and marches back into the house. Mom comes closer to me. She tucks one of my damp curls behind my ear, her eyes watchful. I'd ask how you're holding up today, but I think it's pretty clear. Every one of my raging emotions settles, and a lump thickens my throat. I swallow hard and shrug. My sweet girl. She traces her finger down my cheek, her face compressing in pain briefly. I miss him, too. Why don't you tell me what's going on in that head of yours? The lump in my throat pulses and my eyes burn. I look up into a sky that's too blue, too clear. The motion breaks the contact with my mom. I don't want to talk about it, I say, but with no edge to the words. We've had this conversation before, but I can never do what she asks of me. I deserve all the pain I feel. I can't allow myself the comfort of sharing it with her. Okay, she whispers. My gaze falls from the sky back into focus with her. She smiles, but it's tinged with sadness. 
I feel bad for not being able to talk with her, even just to let her share her own pain and grief, but it hurts too much, and I can't bear it. I search for another topic and suddenly note the unusual quiet. Where are the boys? My twin eight-year-old brothers, Eli and Zeke, are always up by now and always loud. Dad took them to the shop, she says. I blink in surprise. Really? Today? Why? Her smile widens. They were terrorizing Aunt Elena by sneaking cream cakes. I shake my head. I can imagine. My grin fades. But why did Dad take them to his shop? No one works on the day of the festival. Mom releases a low sigh. You're not the only one who's struggling today, my girl. She links her arm through mine before I can come up with a response and leads us toward the house. Now, we have a lot of work to do before the festival. A rush of gratitude fills me. This is so like her. Always there for me, but also willing to give me the space I need and not push me, even when I change the subject when I shouldn't. I lean over and kiss her cheek. Thanks. She pats my arm. I'll always be here for you, Bria. I know. Before we enter the house, she pauses. Today will be hard, but activity will help. Fighting with your aunt won't. I roll my eyes, but she's just... Protective? Mom offers. That's definitely not how I would put it. Can I just stay home, please? She tilts her head to the side. How about this? You go to the festival with the rest of us. But mom! And I'll take you with me tomorrow, she continues as though I didn't interrupt. The rest of my argument freezes and some of the pain from the day ebbs away as curiosity probes me. Take me where? A village about 50 miles away called Santone. I've been commissioned to make another map and I'd like you to come. Really? Excitement ripples along my veins. Yes, of course. Yes. She laughs. I had a feeling that would be your answer. This will be my 13th cartography trip with my mom, and I've loved every single one of them. I fling my arms around her. Thank you. She returns the hug. You've become my best assistant. She leans back to look at me. Bring the tools your dad and I got for you. I'm going to teach you how to create my multidimensional maps. You've got the basics down, and it's time you learned the finer aspects of cartography. After all, the greatest mistakes and the most profound discoveries are in the details, I finish with her. Oh, have I said that before? She smirks and then nods at the doorway. Let's get inside before your aunt comes to find us. She gives a small shudder and then winks. I smile and follow her inside, more of the strain releasing. Maybe I'll be able to get through today after all, as long as I can keep my focus on tomorrow and not on my brother. I hope you're looking forward to continuing this story. There will be a new episode every day for the first week until the audiobook releases on October 6, 2023. Then you can tune in each Friday to hear the next chapter. Or if you just can't wait, you can purchase the full audiobook wherever audiobooks are sold once it's released. Recruit of Talionis was written and narrated by C.J. Malaysi.